I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The Skinny with Rico and Ken is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Tony Stewart, and you're watching The Skinny. From the Fatheads Eyewear Studios in Speedway, Indiana, this is The Skinny, brought to you by Toyota, Rhino Classifieds, General Tire, and Dream Giveaway. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Toyota. Welcome back to The Skinny. Ken Stoughton, Rico Elmore, and special guest will join us here, Tony Stewart. Tony called us up. He said, man, you guys have been doing this show for a couple of years now. I haven't been on it for a couple of years. Well, what's it going to take for me to get back in there? I mean, do I have to beg, borrow, steal a slot? I mean, work with me here a little bit. We said, okay, we'll squeeze you in. Yeah, We'll squeeze you in because we'll you've got nothing it. else to do, right? Apparently, I mashed my head against something really hard because I don't remember this being... <laughs> going down like this at all he's under but, concussion protocol right now, yeah so it's uh yeah i think this is actually what they call community service so i'm actually paying off some com- community service by doing this show today so in the interest of being respectful to tony it just came out the hall of fame members just came out were announced here this past week during the chili bowl so I wanted to uh, announce the names along with so bob fry eric gordon terry gray tim green and oh no, that looks like all the names right there. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty close. That's actually the way it kind of felt to me last week too, from some different from organizations. One group. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And of course, Tony Stewart, man, congrats on that, dude. Thank you. That's uh, it was something really, really cool when I got the news for that. That's um, I, and I. Don't mean any disrespect on the NASCAR side, but this means every bit as much, if not more, than the NASCAR Hall of Fame to me because I've been around sprint car racing my entire life. So uh, 
to be inducted to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame is a, a really big deal to me. You know, uh, with all of your accomplishments, of course, your cup championships, IndyCar championships, Triple Crown, all that stuff, is, is there one win? I know I, I know, it's, it's one of those questions, but i, I got to ask, is there one win that stands out? I think there is for each different silo of racing. I mean, whether it was, you know, midget racing. I mean, winning Turkey Night was a big deal. Winning the Chili Bowl was huge to me. Uh, winning the Four Crown uh, with sprint cars. Uh, winning my first World Outlaw race at Oshweekin was a huge deal to me. Uh, winning at Lernerville. Um, you know, on the cup side, I would say the biggest single win was still probably the Homestead race in 2011 that helped us win the championship. Uh, that was like two races. You passed like yeah. three groups of cars. Yeah, we, <laughs> I, don't remember, yeah exactly. I don't remember the official number, but it was in the hundred plus. It was number a field on, like three times or something on I mean, official for position count. That's not counting lap cars that we passed. That's cars for position, and there's only forty at the time. There were only forty three cars in the field, and to pass a hundred and some odd cars for position means you've went back and forth a lot. <laughs> you were, you the, earned it. <laughs> yeah. What was the first one? What did, did somebody come down on it? That? Uh, Kurt Busch's U joint broke and went through the screen of the car. And we had pit for that. Like a radiator or something, right? Yeah. yeah, it literally at the end of the race was when they opened it up, it was a quarter inch from the radiator is where it rode the rest of the race. <laughs> and then the second one was contact with uh, David Rudeman, who moved at the last minute to let us go. We got a big run on him, and he, he I think he just saw us at the last minute, so I didn't think he was moving. So I started to move, and then he moved at the same time, and... We punched a hole in the nose and had to come in and fix that. And I remember you telling us before you said on the radio, and that's that's it, boys. We ain't going to win this this one. But uh. well, I actually I actually sat there just to try to lighten the mood when it when it happened the first time. I said, "Man, they're really going to be mad when we come back and win this thing from the back." And I was joking around with the guys because I was trying to make myself feel better too because I felt like at that point that was it. We weren't going to be able to get there from there. And then we drove back and then had the contact again. So. Being in a light mood, I said, man, they're really going to be mad when we come back and win this thing now, and, and was still joking around. Had no idea that we still legitimately had a shot to win it at that point. And poor Carl Edwards, you had beat him up since the press conference and then came back and, and Jedi mind tricked him all the way. Yeah, through. we beat him up so bad that he forced him into retirement a couple of years yes. later. I, I say that jokingly. Carl was a great guy, and, and in 2016 when I retired – um, at the beginning of the year, two weeks before the season started, I, I actually broke my back and um, missed the first eight races of, of my final season in 16. And But I, Simpson has been my sponsor forever on my safety equipment, and I got a brand-new helmet for every race in the 2016 season and different paint jobs on them, all different things that represented things that I was passionate about. And uh, so I traded 24 helmets with 24 of the cup drivers that year. And uh, the, the helmet that Carl Edwards traded me at the end of the year was the helmet from 2011 at Homestead. Wow. He, had, he still had that helmet and went back and found that helmet. And that's the helmet that he gave me. So that that's wow. one of my favorite helmets just because of the meaning and, uh, that's I have a lot of respect for Carl Edwards because he's a great person, and uh, for him to have thought that much and put that much thought into what helmet he wanted to trade with me was pretty cool. Yeah, I was going to say, clearly, mad respect for you to, for him to to trade yeah. that helmet. That's that's great stuff. It, it's really the whole helmet game that goes on 
in motorsports that, honestly, for the fans, for the most part, I don't think they realize it. But, I mean, you've got Scott Dixon and the, all the IndyCar guys and you guys. I mean, everybody's swapping helmets. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's. I traded my first helmet with Elliot uh, Sadler in 2000. And we had, we were both rookies in 99 together. And after about the first third or quarter of the season, we were the only two rookies left out of the seven that had signed up for Rookie of the Year. And uh, so every Friday morning at 9 o'clock, we were in, in a meeting with uh, Gary Nelson for the rookie meeting. And um, so it was just kind of we, – we got to be buddies that year. And then in 2000, uh, I asked him if he wanted to trade a helmet. And, you know, at that time, you know, NASCAR money was really good money, and I could go buy pretty much what I wanted. But something that meant a lot to me was, you know, how we all paid so much attention to what our designs were and our paint schemes on our helmets and uh, – so I started trading, and, and now my helmet collection is over 350 helmets now. Massive. And I've touched a lot of You'll them. See, you shot almost all of them. Well, yeah. he, he, I will say that machine, Carl, was in there running the machine, and it's no easy task by any means, but uh, Carl was in there running the machine, and by about hour 36, uh, he, was, he was junk. And... Uh, and Tony's like, here, move over. Let me take over on it. Carl's like, now you need to do this. And he like that, picks it up and starts running the machine, the 360 machine we've got. Starts running it, and I just laughed and walked away. I was like, bye. <laughs> I mean, it was like immediately he started ripping these things. And uh, but yeah, it's the collection is is one of a kind and. And, you know, to his point, what he said about the whole deal with, you know, you can kind of, it's one of those things you kind of buy what you want, but that's something that you can't buy, right? It's a, it's got a personal attachment to it and, uh, and people that you're with and, and stuff like that. So he's been trying to get my go-kart helmet from 92 and I just, I'm not, not, not going with that yet. Just need an ashtray, or what were you looking for? Well, can't <laughs> find a place big enough to plant some flowers or an, an actual small plant tree in my front yard. So a helmet that big, you could probably plant a small tree. So. Yeah. <laughs> Make a little swimming pool for the ducks or something. Yeah. <laughs> something nice, you know, that's what he's looking for. But uh, All right, well, good. Got that all straightened out. <laughs> So when I walked in, uh, I said I hadn't seen you in a little while. First of all, congratulations on your 50th birthday. I know it was a little bit ago. Uh, congratulations on your marriage, uh, which just happened, whatever, a couple of months ago, I guess. Uh, what does Tony Stewart do in the span of a year? Well, he turns 50, he gets married, he starts SRX, and he starts an NHRA team. Other than that, I mean, you would think let's go slot car busy. racing. I'm getting bored again. <laughs> it's like I'm running out of stuff to do already. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely uh, – We've definitely figured out how to cram 12 pounds in an eight pound sack for sure. It's uh, all any of those individually by the birthday's not that big of a deal other than it's just a milestone birthday, which my age says I'm 50. I act like I'm 12 most of the time, which averages out to a pretty fair number that I'm okay well, with. I heard the Houston. gathering was pretty significant. He was, he was, he was excited. <laughs> I left the track in Houston with no warning, and he came over looking for me to, have, to talk about something. and. He's like, yeah, he, he, he had to leave. He's like, I didn't see, he left. He didn't say he was leaving. Then he shows up, and I'm the first big ass he sees straight ahead when he comes in. And uh, he's like, but it, it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty awesome. I, I don't remember the story in its entirety, or if I even know, know the entire story, but, but part of it that I do remember was you guys got on a plane 
you thought you were going somewhere, but you actually went someplace completely different, and you had no clue. Well, earlier that week, that was the Houston weekend for NHRA, and that Thursday was my birthday. So we had planned on having breakfast that morning, and then I found out from my bride-to-be that I was not going to be having breakfast in the morning because she had plans, but I wasn't to know what the plans were. So we got up Thursday, uh, ended up at the airport, got on the plane, had no idea where I was going, uh, landed in Austin, which I knew we were in Austin because I could see Coda, the Coda oh, yeah, track sure, on the sure. right-hand side yeah. coming into the airport. And uh, I had planned in the afternoon, Leah had an appearance for Dodge. I had, I had plans to go to Austin on my own to meet with Jesse James, mm. who I'd got a gun for Leah for her birthday because her birthday is six days after mine so she had an appearance in the afternoon and so we land in Austin I'm like you got to be kidding me we're in Austin we're going to be flying back to Houston Houston. and I'm going to be flying back to Austin again in the afternoon (laughs) to go get her birthday present and uh, had no idea that she was working on a birthday surprise of her own and had no idea where we're going. Some guy picks us up, and we get in the car, and we pull out of the airport, and I look at this guy, and I go, so what do you do? Trying to bait him into kind of getting a hint of where we were going and what we were there yeah. for, and didn't get anything out of this guy. But we pull up to a gate, and it's very, and I'm reading all these rules, and it's no kids, no this, no that, no blah, blah, blah. And at the bottom, it was it said JJFU, and I'm like, you got to be <laughs> me, which is Jesse James Firearms sure. Unlimited. And I'm like, so she brought me to see Jesse James. I'm going to be leaving here to come back and then coming back in the afternoon. Well, what I don't realize is that Jesse's been in on this the whole time. And Jesse is not only he only knows about what she has planned. He knows what I had planned and he found a way to marry him together without either of us knowing what the other one was up to. So we get inside there and uh, Leah had Jesse make me. He, he's got his cutlery division and Jesse makes some badass cutlery. So. Uh, Rico and I are big fans of the Pizzazz Pizza Maker and 18 Minutes, a perfect tombstone pizza or whatever pizza you want, Red Baron, whatever. He makes this really cool pizza cutter. And so Leah had got me one for my birthday and, and had my name put on it. And uh, and the name is? Smoke. No, the name of the... Oh, the, the, the pizza cutter is the Pizza Cutioner. Oh, <laughs> and the stand is That's in the unique. shape of an old school coffin <laughs> that has a slot in it for the blade to sit it, in. It is the most unbelievable piece. It's, I mean, it's cool. it is like it's exactly what you would expect something from Jesse, from James. Jesse James. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's Over straight Jesse James, one hundred percent. But uh, we go upstairs, and and she gives me that. Well, Jesse taps me on the shoulder, and he turns me around, and in a closet, he hands me a box which has her gun in it, and I'm like, oh, perfect. So I hand her her box, which is her gift, and we have a dual birthday and then go meet these guys, and then we get on bikes and go ride to a barbecue place uh, about a half hour away that he likes and and had a great day. So uh, that was a lot of fun, and then when you you think that's the end of it and everything's great and we have a good weekend at the track, and but it rained on Sunday. Uh, Monday, Leah's still in the factory stock division, so she gets put out of factory stock and then normally she likes to hang out with her guys a lot and you know till they get loaded up and she's like all right let's go and i'm like wow this is 
kind of unusual. And then went to go see Rico. Well, he's already headed to Indy. I'm like, what the heck's going on here? It's not like him to duck out like that. We're not normally in a hurry leaving the racetrack. Get in the plane. Don't know where we're going again. Land in Vegas. And uh, then I see him about an hour later after we land. So it's she, Leah. And that's when you knew things were about to take an ugly turn. It just takes a lot of ugly turns. It looks it looks like the <laughs> gnarliest road course you've ever been on. But but it, I'll give Leah credit. She uh, put a ton of thought into it. And, and, you know, most people don't get too excited about their 50th birthday, but she made it very memorable. That's it, awesome. was, it was, it was wild. Awesome. It was a good time. Yeah, great stuff. We'll take a quick break here. We'll be back with Smoke here in just a moment. Plenty more stories to come. This segment of The Skinny has been brought to you by General Tire. It's more than just a slogan. Anywhere is possible with General Tire. General Tire's Grabber X3 Mud Terrain Tire offers aggressive styling and is engineered for durability with innovative performance features that are ready to carry you through extreme mud, dirt, and rock-covered terrain. For extreme traction that's ready for anything and rugged styling to match, look no further than the Grabber X3. Make your anywhere possible by visiting GeneralTire.com today. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Rhino Classifieds. Tired of all those ads and random stuff that shows up when you're looking to buy or sell your car parts? Rhino Classifieds was created just for you. Welcome to a streamlined buying and selling app created by racers for racers and race fans. Modified cars, classic cars, race cars, that special big block you need. The trailer to move your baby around the country in. We got you at rhino.co. 
Welcome back to the Skinny Stout and Elmore sitting alongside Smoke. Tony Stewart has made the trip north here to spend a little bit of time with us. We always appreciate that for sure as he has been extremely busy. He's always very busy. But let's talk about that very successful SRX series, man. You guys kicked that thing off and wow. I mean, what a buzz, dude. I mean, legitimate woke everybody up and and it turned out to be an incredibly good season. Great racing. Uh, you worked in some young guns, and some of those young guns really impressed, made a name for themselves right away. I know exactly what you wanted it to do. You had Paul Tracy pissed off the whole world. Everybody's <laughs> watching because either they love him or they hate him. The, so. the best villain ever. <laughs> I had The best villain ever. I had not. I think I might have met Paul one time before that, and uh, through SRX, man, I love Paul Tracy. I think he's cool as can be. He what you saw during the SRX races is not exactly his true personality. I mean, he's a super cool guy to be around and hang out with. Uh, but he did play, do a really good job playing the villain in SRX. I mean, he, he was, uh, not afraid to mix it up with different drivers. And, and I wasn't really around him on the track a lot till Nashville the last night. And I had sat there the week of that race and tried to figure out, okay, if I finish, in such and such position in the first heat, in the such and such position in the second heat, I only have to finish such and such position in the main to lock the points up. And sure enough, the first segment I'm behind PT, and I'm like, I tried to get under him a couple times, and he shut the door, and I'm like, you know what? I don't need to pass him that bad right now. I'm like, this is not, the risk versus reward weren't even close to each other. So I'm like, I'm totally fine with running behind him in this heat race. And, uh, but he, man, he is so cool to hang out with and, uh, a lot of fun, great race car driver. And just, uh, he's, he's a pretty cool guy, but he's, he's really good at calling a spade a spade. He's, uh, there's no filter with him. He's going to call like he sees it, but, uh, you know, behind the scenes and, and, you know, what you didn't see with SRX. I mean, he's a really cool guy to hang out with, but he was awesome. Haley Deegan was awesome. Uh, obviously Castro Neves and Kanan, you get those two guys in the room together. You don't even talk. You just sit there and put yeah. your hand like this and you just listen to everything Brazilians you're saying going are off and running, man. <laughs> and you just sit there and, and the next thing you know, you got tears running down your face cause you're laughing so hard crying at these two guys. Uh, they were fun, but guys, you know, hanging out with Bill Elliott again, uh, I had, I met Willie T ribs once clear back when the Hoosier dome midget race happened, uh, hanging out with, with Willie was cool. Michael Waltrip's obviously awesome. Um, but meeting guys like Ernie Francis, which great thing, what I think that was probably ultimately the highlight beyond winning the two races in the championship with SRX even more so than that, seeing Ernie Francis get a test session with Penske in an Indy Lights car oh, because wow. of SRX. I didn't know that happened. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and, and it was just dumb luck that I actually ended up being at the Speedway that day with uh, diehard contest winners with Advance Auto Parts uh, to see him test. And I'm like, who's – they said, oh, yeah, it's two Penske cars running. And I'm like, well, who's in each car? And and it slipped that, that uh, Ernie was in that, and I – I texted him. I said, hey, you at Indy today? And he goes, yeah, you at Indy? I said, yeah, I'm watching you. So we were clear up in the tower at the time watching him make laps. And so during the lunch break, I, I got to sneak away from our group and go down and visit with him for about 15, 20 minutes. And uh, I think that's probably what I'm most proud of was seeing someone like Ernie get a chance to to get a test with Roger uh, to meet. 
Doug Kobe and Luke Fenhouse, those two kids really impressed me. I mean, which one was the kid in Sanford? Was that Kobe Stafford or Stafford? Uh, Doug Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. And Doug's awesome. I mean, super talented guy. He was on, yeah, was on a rail. And I learned more in 15 laps following him than I would have learned in a 200 lap race, trying to figure it out on my own. He's a machine. He he knows how to get around that place. And it was, uh, it was almost embarrassing trying to try to keep up with him because he just was super fast all night. We had a couple moments during the race where we got to keep up and and uh, racing pretty hard and kind of keeping pinned down where he couldn't get a run. But uh, Doug was super cool. Meeting Luke uh, and running with him at Slinger was a lot of fun. Uh, probably one of the most mature kids I've ever seen for his age. Uh, super switched on. That's a kid that, that deserves an opportunity uh, Kobe got a a, tr- a one-off truck ride for that deal at Stafford, and uh, hopefully we can get Luke a, a, an opportunity in, in a truck or an Xfinity car because I feel like he's definitely got the talent to do it. Slinger was cool. Slinger was fun. I'll be honest, I had heard a lot of cool things about it, and I watched a YouTube video of it. I'm like, how are we going to race there? It's like a big Anderson Speedway is kind of the way, or a bigger yeah it, i just i felt like we were going to be racing in a bathtub yeah i'm like how are we gonna and, and then i went and ran the first practice around and i'm like i can barely get around it by myself i don't know how we're going to race each other around this thing yeah. and i had that was the one track of all six races that we ran that's the one place i had the most fun racing at. Oh, wow. and it was, it was unreal it was packed the oh. fans were amazing stafford yeah. the fans up in wisconsin and wisconsin oh man i don't care whether you run a midget in wisconsin yep i don't care what kind of car you race in wisconsin wisconsin in my opinion has some of the best race fans in the it country is, i thought I, you were going to say food at the state fair when we'd race that there. too that too and when you go race at plymouth wisconsin during the fair the fans will actually bring you beer after the race cheese which curds. never happens they're breaking bags of cheese curds and hand them to him i'm like here i'll take them i'll get them out of your way yeah, well, they brought just, cheese curds and beer. He got the cheese curds. I got the beer. I mean, if you're not in the, if you're not in the industry, you would think racers are coming from the south or coming from the west coast. You don't think of just naturally you don't think of racers coming out of Wisconsin, but it is a hotbed of extremely talented racers across all disciplines. And then consequently, the fans they pull for those guys, so they're knowledgeable. They know what's going on. I mean, it's short yeah. course off road, huge up there. You know, with Crandon and Anago and all that stuff. Bark River that's gone on for years. Bark River's Michigan, but, I mean, it's just really right across the way. But, yeah, I mean, those fans are, they're passionate. They're, they're passionate fans, but but there's something about how respectful they are, too. It's, you know, when, when you when you hang out during the night and you're <sighs> racing, they're, they, they kind of settle into their deal, and after the races are over, then they come down. And, like, we never got in a hurry to leave when, when we were at a race in Wisconsin. I mean, there were times they're shutting lights off and we're still hanging out and having fun with race fans there because they're just they're just that adamant and they're super respectful um you know we had a lot of fun with them we we were in a in a discussion with one of the reporters after the race was over and and they got a little aggressive for a while and as soon as I got done with the the media person then I went and changed and stood outside and signed for a long long time till till everything kind of calmed down and then guys were kind of recycling back around and it's like all right we got to go and that that was also the race that marco andretti wins the race and he was already at the airport and he's like hey have you left yet i'm like no i'm out here signing autographs like you should be right now but marco had ducked out but um no it was the, the whole srx thing was fun it was cool to go to the nashville fairgrounds again and get to race and i i think probably the 
my favorite part of the Nashville race was watching Chase and Bill Elliott get to race with oh each other. Oh my God, that and, was unbelievable. And literally have the best seat in the house. I was right behind both of them while they're racing each other. I'm like, this is so cool because, you know, it was cool that NASCAR gave their blessing to let Chase come and run and uh, Hendrick let him come as well. And, and it, it was fun. It was, uh, you know, something that they got to talk about the next day during the NASCAR broadcast. And, you know, I, I remember what it was like to represent NASCAR when I ran IROC and, and how proud I was to represent NASCAR. And I think that's the way Chase felt when he got an opportunity to run SRX with us and, and race with his father. So I, I felt like there were just a lot of cool things that uh, happened that year uh, or with that first, series. For, first for the time first ever year. at Eldora, green flag lap talking to a driver over the radio. Oh, that yeah. Was, that would... was fun. I can barely chew gum and walk at the same time some days, let alone try to drive a race car and talk on the radio at the same time. So it, it was, uh, and it was fun because I'm trying to think who was in the booth that, that Hinch. night. Hinchcliffe. So, yeah. and, and we knew that we were going to try to do that. I'm like, man, I'll do the best I can. But I said, I'm probably going to sound like an idiot. And, and yeah, we're I, at lunch and this whole thing's kind of like <laughs> getting put together. I'm like, oh boy, this ought to be good. And he calls just as I'm catching Marco. I'm like, man, of all times to try to talk to me. You know? And he's like, well, what's going on? I'm like, I'm getting ready to give your boy an education right oh, here. I know. It was beautiful. So it was, it was, it was awesome. fun. It, it was a good time. And, uh, you know, we had, we had great people. Pam Miller, who does a lot of the Fox broadcast, uh, Pam orchestrated all the TV stuff and did a fabulous job. And uh, we just had a really cool crew. It, it was fun because each week we had two RVs, uh, that we split half the field up, so six of us would be in Camping each world. an RV, and uh, you know Marcus Lemonis and his group coming on board and supporting the series was huge for us, and and just hanging out when when we had downtime and and you know wanted to get out of the heat and relax, all of us just sitting in there talking together was probably we you uh, wish you could have had cameras and yes. microphones in there. So we envisioned the show. I mean, seriously, that's yeah. kind of kind of what we envisioned here, and that's and it was just fun. It was fun to sit there and have different drivers from different backgrounds, and we're all in the same place racing with each other, and everybody just had fun. It was just a good time for six weeks. The uh, So the Montag Group is part of that as well. Is that is that correct? Yep. I mean, a large agency, talent agency out of New York. Yeah, uh, Sandy is unbelievable to work with. He's uh, He's got a great staff, uh, did a lot of the big legwork of doing the TV side of it and getting us on, on TV on prime time. So Sandy did an awesome job. George Pine... Uh, had been with NASCAR for years and knows what it takes to to put on a good series. But Ray Evernham was was the spine and the backbone of this for all of us. I mean, we we all fed off of Ray, and uh, you know Ray with Tony Urie building great race cars for us to drive. And and the great thing was he didn't want them to drive perfect, so he made sure that they were they were safe to drive, fun to drive, but at the same time they weren't easy to drive. And that and that that made us have to work and do our jobs and that's that's what made it so much fun. Yeah, the diversity of, of the drivers, the race cars being very close, very competitive, the unique styles, different race tracks, the production um Schrader it, testing. It got bit yeah, Schrader testing, keeping all the cars, you know, equal. I mean, oh my god, couldn't have a better person, right? But so, the the production of it got as I watched it, it got better every week and uh, some of that stuff, like I think they went to Elio's house and, and did a walkthrough and saw some of his trophies and where he lived. Some of that behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, where, where they get in and, and bring these people to life. 
you know, it was a fabulous production. I mean, it, it, I was looking at it from a couple of different eyes, if you will, in terms of racing and production, but it was, uh, it was, it was a really me, nice you job. You want me to read the text that you sent? Well, you know what? It's, it's a race team. <coughs> you know, it's a race team, and you massage, and you tweak, and, and I think you guys did that. You yeah. know, and, and, and boy, <laughs> it, 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 got, it got better every, every week. I think the things that we were really proud of from the production side were, you know, nobody had ever talked to a driver during a green flag run. So that was a first, but the drone work that we, you know, if you watched the World of Outlaws the last half of the season, and if you watched the shootout and the Chili Bowl, watching drones running around cars during green flag runs, that had never happened before, before SRX. Now, now it's common. Right. So now during Chili Bowl and the shootout, we saw it during the World of Outlaw races, and I think it adds another dimension that we've never seen but that was ideas that Pam Miller had of trying to push the envelope and doing something that had never the been fiat, done before. The, 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 the aspect of it is, is wild. I mean, it is. And so with that, and maybe, you know, and maybe you don't, because somebody asked me and I said, you know, I don't really know, which is amazing. I pretty much know everything, but, uh, you know, does it have a follower or is it, uh, you know, like, does it lock on to say, it's just an operator, right? Yeah, okay. it's, and it's that's just a I drone thought. operator, which we I sat there when we were at Stafford and watched him practicing with that, and I, and it scared me to death because I'm like, this guy makes a mistake. He's going to run into these things. If it runs through the windshield of one of these cars, we're in trouble. You yeah. know, we, we got a problem. And and, and I one... saw him during green flag runs because at night you can see the lights on it, and and I thought, man, I thought if this if I could make the car corner as fast as the drone can corner – we we'd annihilate the field tonight, but the drone operators, I mean, were on oh, they're point. Badass. The one that they had, the one they, they had at Indy, the SRX race. I think the wingspan on it was. It would pick your fat ass up, literally. So are you going to let him talk to you like that, Stout? <laughs> With that, you better go to break for a little bit, <laughs> cool, cool off. No, it was because uh, I asked those guys because I saw it. It was huge. It was about a six foot wingspan. And it had six six props on it, and I said, "How strong is that thing?" I said, "Could it pick me up?" He said, "Oh yeah, no problem. It'll really? definitely pick you up." Oh wow, yeah, it was amazing. I've seen them at Cranon with short course, and they were running near hundred mile an hour. Yeah, they're they're I mean, super fast, super the, nimble. The operators are unbelievable. And to fly high def cameras around there with the gimbals and all that stuff that they have to have on. I mean, there was a lot of equipment hanging off of it, so they had to be stout. But to to fly them around, I mean, like I said, they had to practice as much as we did because you're sitting there on half mile tracks where you know we're running pretty good straightaway speeds but to do the to be able to figure the timing out of we have to get to the end of the straightaway decel be on the brakes corner then accelerate and for them to figure out the timing of that and to be able to stay with the cars like they did was was unprecedented nobody had ever done it before and then all of a sudden you see it in different forms of dirt racing and, and i'm sure we'll see it in pavement racing as well now Super cool. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back with one more segment. Tony Stewart, tell us what's going on in 2022. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Dream Giveaway. Dream Giveaway has been giving away high-end American muscle cars to raise money for charity since 2007. Dream Giveaway is known for giving away classic and new muscle and paying the federal taxes so the winners don't have to. For $25, you can jump in the game, and part of that goes to charity. You'll have a chance at winning some of the coolest cars on the planet. Check it out at dreamgiveaway.com. Welcome back to The Skinny as we've been reviewing some of the stuff that Tony Stewart has been a part of in 2021. We want to look forward here to 2022. I'm sure that the pattern is full once again. We were talking about SRX. Will we see more of the same here in 2022? Yeah, just signed up again for SRX. Uh, they about got the schedule done, almost ready to release it, and uh, we're working on the driver lineup. So I uh, got some new guys that uh, want to participate in the series. That we kind of knew after going through the first season, we, we had a lot of drivers that wanted to be a part of it that were like, eh, we don't know about, about these guys. But the guys we really wanted, it was hard to get the group that, that we really, truly wanted uh, after year one, now that there's a lot more guys that were on the wish list from year one that want to be a part of it in year two now that mm. they've seen it. So, you don't uh, have to say my name. It's okay. I know. We, we, well, you're you're on the first or second alternate list right now, but you're you're on the list. But <laughs> but it's uh, power in the seat. It's anyway. port of power. We're, we're just building a whole new car that just the frame rails have to be widened to get you in there. That is the seat. <laughs> But it's cool to see the guys that want to be a part of it. Be able to fit in. You'll yes. be able to fit in. Yeah. The big boy car. <laughs> it's long. It's wide. It's for everybody. So, uh, touching on SRX, but uh, I think the the big monster in the room has to be the start of that NHRA team, man. I mean, holy smokes, two fuel cars. That's that's big league. I mean, a series is big league. Don't get me wrong, but uh, but to go into a whole new discipline. Truck, trailer, shop, those cars, all the spares, everything you have to have for that intense season. Man, oh man, who do you? What do you say? You, you sit down, you make a decision, like, yeah, okay, let's let's do this, and then 
then the next decision is who's going to do this for me? No, the next again. decision is, is who your therapist is <laughs> that you see three times a week to well, go whoever that is, to you question need to your fire sanity. Them because they clearly didn't do a good job. Clearly they told you. You made the decision. <laughs> well, I'd already <laughs> made the decision, so now they're just trying to make, make it to where I can survive through this ordeal. But, no, I'm excited about it. It's, um, you know, and, and everybody thinks Leah pushed me into doing this or asked me to do this. Leah was the last person to get on board with this. I made the decision that, you know, after going to the races with her, I it just I had so much fun. And with everything that we've done with NASCAR, everything we've done in open wheel racing, this just was a spark that I needed. It was there were so many questions I had about what was going on and how, why they did things the way they did it when I started dating her that uh, I really became passionate about it. And the more questions I asked, every answer that I got sparked three more questions. And then here we are. Now we've got teams in the shop, and everything that I learn, every time I learn something, I realize how much I don't know. The more I learn, the more I realize what I don't know. So uh, I'm excited about it. It's it's. I've kind of made a career and a life of doing things that people said I couldn't do. And uh, I've thrived, and I, I love that challenge of trying to prove people wrong. And But we've had the great thing about the NHRA, NHRA community, and it started with Don Schumacher. I mean, uh, the change was a little bit awkward for Don of purchasing two of his teams, but Don's been helpful through it. Uh, Alan Johnson, Antron Brown, Cruz Petragon, Ron Caps, these guys have all been very instrumental uh, Justin Ashley's team with Mike Green and and uh, you know their group, uh, just a lot of really good people that have extended hands out. Uh, the whole Capco team on the top fuel side have said, "Hey, if you need something, let us know because we're neighbors." Uh, Mike Salinas from Scrappers team, uh, just a lot of really good people that have said, "Hey, if there's something we can do to help, call us." And uh, it, the the NHRA community is a really cool community to be a part of. From a business point of view, when you're sitting there and you're making this massive decision, um, and I'm sure you you talk this through, which is why I'm asking the question, does it make more sense to have a fuel car and a funny car versus a fuel car and a fuel car or a funny car and a funny car? I don't know. I I thought my mindset was kind of the mindset we have with, you know, sprint car racing and, and you know, the NASCAR program where we got cars competing against each other and sharing resources. But what I've learned in the NHRA side is every crew chief has their own different package that they run. So it's, it's not all apples to apples all the time. I mean, you could have two top fuel cars or two funny cars and you're going to have two crew chiefs. that are going to want to do it two different ways and are going to be successful doing it two different ways. So I kind of like having one in each division. Um, you know, it's something that, uh, was very important to Dodge, you know, their drivers are, are Leah Pruitt and, and Matt Hagen. And, and that lineup was extremely important to those guys. So to keep the parity there, uh, with that program, the way it is, I, I think fits really well. I think it's fun to have one car in each division to where you're not lining up against each other, knowing that one of them's going on a trailer and one's going to the next round. So you're just, you're hoping that you got two cars that go to the finals and have a shot at winning the event each week. So, uh, so help us out with the logistics of the team. Is this Tony Stewart's shop? Did everything move to your own shop? Were you able to keep stuff in Schumacher's shop? I mean, it... this was a shell game. It was, uh, you know, we have Tony Stewart racing in Brownsburg and we literally had to take our merchandise side. Uh, that was our buildings kind of set up as a 70, 30, I would say percentage wise. Uh, 
Uh, the 70% side was what was originally the USAC side when we had two midget teams, two sprint car teams, two silver crown teams. The 30% side was the World of Outlaw teams. Then when we got rid of the USAC program, uh, we moved the, the wing sprint cars to the big side. Then we moved the merchandise side into the 30% smaller side. So through this process, we've got another building that's just down the street on the same road that we've moved the merchandise side, the all-star circuit of champions offices to uh, our foundation offices to that building and uh, moved the World of Outlaw team back to that side. And now where the old USAC side was is now where the NHRA teams are. So it's it was all a sequence of this had to go before this could move over and this had to move over before this could move in. So it's uh, it's been a it's been a process, especially for the NHRA guys. Uh, the the World of Outlaw season ended a week before the NHRA season did, but because of the last race being at Pomona, it took half of the week for the guys to get back with that equipment, and then you got Thanksgiving. So right after Thanksgiving, everything's moving in, and you have the month of December and you have the month of January to get ready for a new season. And it's two polar opposite setups <coughs> for our teams. We have the Funny Car team, which is basically turnkey, and then you have Leah's team on the top fuel side that is basically start from scratch, literally start from scratch. Wow. So you have cars on one side, the guys are just kind of working up their by pace. design starting from scratch? No, not at all. We, we thought we were going to get a lot more of the assets uh, from Don on the top fuel side, but he is running Tony Schumacher this year uh, with the same crew chief that Leah had last year. So they kept most of the equipment. Uh, we thought we were going to split it in half, and that didn't end up that way. So we basically were having to start from scratch. Wow. So, uh, you know, Neil and, and Mike Damagala and, and Ryan, they, they are thrashing uh, getting equipment in. And, and we literally sit there and can't wait to hear the doorbell, which means we have packages arriving, which has parts that yeah. we need. So uh, every day when we hear the doorbell ring, we get excited. It's uh, sure. it's kind of like Christmas Day where you're excited because you get to see what's in the package that comes in the door, except for there's an invoice that comes with it that has <laughs> it's a, a big price tag deal. with it. So, but but uh, now with all the logistical stuff going on, the, you know, wondering if we're even going to get it. Yeah, no. it is a absolute nightmare. The supply chain is terrible right now. But, again, that's where um, – you know, Bob Task was one I didn't mention in that group earlier. Bob and, and all these other teams have sat there and said, if there's something you need, let us know. And, and that's the great thing about that NHRA community. We'll get you so through, everybody's get you like, we'll, we'll make sure we get you enough stuff to get you up and going. So uh, we, we, I'm very, very happy with the atmosphere with the NHRA side and all the help from the other teams of making sure that, you know, if we don't have something that we don't think we're going to get in time, we, we start picking up the phone and making phone calls down to other shops. And if they have something that we can use, they're, they're more than willing to, to let us get it from them. So uh, it's it's a great community. It reminds me a lot of the sprint car community that's on, what I was on how everybody works together. Yeah, You know, sprint car team, that's what I was talking about yesterday. You know, you have a team come off the track you're competing with night in, night out, and their crew guys are over there tearing a tire or a wheel off and helping them replace it. Uh, what Tony's talking about with the NHRA, which, you know, I've, I've been around uh, several years, but watching, just watching that camaraderie of, of people that are together. And I mean, it, not everybody stays the same place for too long either. So there may be, I mean, it's an exception. Uh, you know, his Tony's new general manager, 
was, you know, was with force for 20 plus years. And, uh, you know, that's an exception to the rule because generally it's, you know, it's a performance based thing. A new crew chief comes in, he brings in new, you know, new people, this new people, that, or you work under a great crew chief that's there forever. You learn everything you learn, and then you get to move somewhere else to move up. So it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty neat program. And, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's exciting. I mean, I still have the text on my phone where Tony texts me at three thirty in the morning, which would have been twelve thirty in the morning, Vegas, to me and Sumo, one of our other great friends, said, All right, I gotta tell you what I did. And uh he texts texts us about testing the fuel car. I was like it's like unbelievable. Any but, any aspirations of actually competing? I don't know. It's and I've had that question a lot since we did the test and did the YouTube video that we sent out. And uh, I've made 10 runs in Leah's car last year with Don, and uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I ran the fastest I've run was a 376 at 322 mile an hour That's so getting far. getting done. And it had my undivided attention. I've never driven anything. The first 100 feet, I don't even, it's gone before my eyes ever get from the light to where I'm going. It's trying to train your brain to react that fast. Leah can tell you exactly how far it carries the left front tire. When the light changes, I can't even tell you it has a left front tire. <laughs> till I get stopped and try to turn off the racetrack. I'm like, oh, yeah, there are wheels in this thing. But it, it, it's there's it's no just different so than you much getting in a different. sprint car, though, and giving somebody, telling somebody entry, mid corner, exit, you know, and something that happens in, in a second or something, uh, you know, it's it's getting your brain up to speed. I agree. It's seat time, right? It's just it's seat time. But, man, but it's, it's got to be exhilarating. That yeah. was one of my favorites, too, when Antron was on talking about wrecking or talking about going down the track. It's exactly what he's describing, which I, I guess I never thought of because I'd never done it. I've watched it many times, but he's like, he's like, all right, it feels good coming out of there. Oh, standing up on that right, you know what I mean? He's like talking about all of these steps of the run. I'm like, he goes, and that's a 3.7 seconds. I have sat there and listened to Antron and Leah talk to each other about a run. And I thought back to the, the runs that I've made in the car and I get out of the car and I couldn't tell you any of that. It literally takes me till by the time we tow the car back to the pit area and you drain the fuel, then I can, by that time, I'm starting to have processed all the information that's happened in that run and starting to understand it, but not to the detail that they have. But it's, when you hear people talk about we use 18% of our brain, I'm like, who came up with 18% first of all? But where does that even come from? I, I truly believe that now because if you're, it's no different than your muscles. I mean, you don't just sit there and bench press 400 pounds if you're, 100-pound person. You just don't do it right off the bat. You have to train to do that and build yourself up to it. Your brain doesn't, if it doesn't have a reason to work harder, it's not going to work harder. So if information and stuff that you're seeing, your brain's not going to process that information faster if it doesn't have a reason to. So as every lap that I've made in the car, my brain is starting to finally catch up. I've been so far behind the car, it's crazy. Now, my rear end sitting in it is in time with it, and is my hands and my my butt are feeling everything that it's supposed to feel and reacting in real time. My brain is processing it slower than what it's happening, and you get done, and you're like, 
trying to initially think what just happened. And it's like, I, I don't know. And then two, three minutes later, now your brain catches up and you're like, yeah, it did this when it left and you feel this. And some of the things that, that Leah Nantron don't think twice about and listen to Steve Torrance and, and Matt Hagen talk about their runs and Ron Caps and Petragon. It's like, I listen to these guys and I'm, I feel like a school kid going, wow, they felt all that in 3.7 <laughs> seconds. I remember me? Uh, my first exposure to, to what you're talking about was, was with my son running go-karts. He was 13 years old, first year in the cart. Didn't have a clue what was going on. We were running with Connor Daly. Derek was out there on a regular basis, and I would confer with Derek. I didn't know what I was doing, right? Robert, my son, didn't know what he was doing. Um, so I'm listening to him. Derek, Derek said every time he comes out of the car, I ask him what happened, entry, mid-corner, and exit. He said, and ask him to focus on one turn. And I remember the light bulb went on. Robert would come back, and he'd say, I don't, I don't know what the car's doing, you know? And then all of a sudden, the light bulb went on. And when it went on, it went on so quickly, I was like, I didn't believe him. I mean, he came back with information. I was like, there's no way that you know. Because he would say, it's lifting up the inside rear tire, but it's, but it's carrying it too far now. Or the back's driving the front. I'm like, are you serious? Like, you really feel all this? And, you know, if you look at the data and, a, and the amount of time that a cart's in a, in a corner is less than a second. And he's processing everything that this, this thing is doing, you know. And and same thing you're talking about. It's just at some point his brain wrapped around what was going on, feeling what was going on, and then the ability to feel it, but then to retain it and bring it back and tell somebody. That's a whole nother level. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Especially on road courses where you have so many different types of corners and different banking and angles and this and that. It, it, but it went back to, you know, when I ran oval track stuff all the time and when I ran IndyCars, if there was – a piece of material on the racetrack that was no bigger than the size of a quarter. I could see it if it was anywhere near the groove. And it's like, how could you see that running over 230 mile an hour at Indy? You can. Your your brain learns to process that information. And it's all about the first laps that you're running? No, because there's so much that's new. The speed's so new that your brain's trying to learn it all and get used to it. But once, once your body and your brain starts getting comfortable with it, your brain will start slowing everything down. You know, when I, when I watched her the first run uh, when we met, I couldn't even see the car. I saw a silhouette of the car. I saw fumes, and it looked like it took a second and a half to get down there. Now when Matt and Leah go down and make a run, it looks – I can tell you I stand in the same spot behind the car every time for both cars. If it moves left or right, I can tell you how far it moved and almost tell you I'm getting better at being able to predict how far out it was when it started making its move. But it looks like it takes eight seconds to get down there, and it's sub-four-second laps when they go down make yeah. make a run. So your brain starts figuring out how to process all the information faster and faster, and when it does that, essentially it looks slower and slower, so you start picking up more detail of everything that's going on in that run. Hey, man, we appreciate you coming by here and uh, and what you continue, continue to do for the industry. I mean, we loved watching you race. You are fiery. You are very good. You won championships. You gave us all great memories. You got out of the car. And your career continues to expand. All-Stars, we didn't even touch on that, but what you've done there and, and the drivers that are morphing there are second to none. SRX, what you brought out to us. NHRA team, uh, you continue to deliver, uh, you know, on the smoke side of things, bringing to the industry and expanding. 
thanks, man. We appreciate what you're doing. I love it. It's uh, I'm excited. I get to write some more time off on my community service today. It's uh, <laughs> knocking that number down daily. And I was going to say he's the champion of SRX, <laughs> but you know what? I'm clearly not going to bring that up now. <laughs> he's going to have to continue to do uh, community service based on how he lives on when he's outside I, of this. I kind of so. like doing this community service. This is uh, you know Rico and I've been friends for a long time, and you and I have known each other a long time as well, and. It's it's fun being with people that have a great appreciation for all of motorsports and and the stuff we get to talk about is stuff that uh, on a normal show in a normal interview it's kind of a single silo of, of motorsports that you get to talk about. We're here we get to talk about a little bit of everything. And, yeah, we don't know and most of all the passion that we all have for it. Yeah, <laughs> it's very well scripted. Sometimes it goes in circles. Sometimes it just goes off in left field. And uh, you know the guy running the, the board. Yeah, the guy that's running the board back here, he's nuts too. So it's like it's it's just a group of knuckleheads here that are having a what good time. What was his walkout music, Michael? That's right. That's right. If you could scream it for us. <laughs> He's got his headphones on. I can't hear myself. <laughs> All right, guys. Another edition of the Skinny in the Books. Tony Stewart. Make sure you check it out. Thanks for being with us here on the Skinny. This episode has been brought to you by Toyota. Rhino Classifies. Dream Giveaway and General Tire. For the latest in sunglasses, optical frames, accessories, and apparel, be sure to check out fatheads.com. That's fatheads with a Z. Production facilities provided by Fatheads Eyewear Studios. All rights reserved. The Skinny with Rico and Ken is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 